Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's not every day you get called a pedophile. But, you know, it's Twitter, so what are you going to do? You report the dude, you see if you can sue somebody for defamation, you move on. That's all you can do. But, uh, yeah, uh, a guy who is a self-proclaimed socialist uh, referring to me as a pedophile. Why? Why would someone do such a thing? Exactly what is wrong with everybody? Well, I have questions about Senate Bill 63 put forward by Senator J.D. Ford. This is in the Indiana General Assembly. And this is about whether or not we're going to codify the idea that children can decide their gender, which, of course, they can't because they're children. And allowing them to do so is flat-out child abuse. Why would I somehow change my point of view when I haven't been given anything counter to it? As a matter of fact, these people won't even engage it. How do I know this? You get called a pedophile. Because I don't believe children can decide their gender because they can't? I, I, I think that uh, some people might be engaged in some projection or not knowing what words mean. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This is a conversation about the culture war. And I want to say right from the onset, I am here for it. I believe in fighting for the culture. I believe in winning. I didn't come for the fight. I came to win. I've been discussing culture for years on this show, on my morning show, everywhere I've ever been. I have been discussing culture. And now the Indiana Democratic Party is very upset because they're accusing Republicans of inventing culture wars and of fighting the culture war as opposed to doing what's best for Hoosiers. Ensuring that children aren't allowed to play in the idea of gender is helping them quite a bit. Don't allow children, because of of hormones and a series of other things, because they're kids, make decisions that can impact them their whole lives long. Protect them from themselves. That's the job of the adult. Seemingly not the job of the Indiana Democratic Party. But their argument is Republicans, through their own Senate bill, Republicans are the ones engaged in an attack on children via education because it is the Republicans that want to ensure we don't teach critical race theory in schools, even though critical race theory isn't taught in schools. This is the argument that they are making. So you have Senate Bill 167. This is the one that was put forth by Senator Scott Baldwin. It has a series of co-authors. Travis Holdman, uh, Jeff Ratz are authors. Co-authors include Linda Rogers, John Crane, Aaron Freeman, and Mike Gaskell. Defines a qualified school. Requires each qualified school to post educational activities and curricular materials on the school's internet website. Provides that public records that are available on a qualified school's internet website shall be accepted from public records requests for individuals that have access to the school's internet website at the discretion of the qualified school. Already, this is just boring as can be. But then it gets a little more interesting. It gets into the idea 
where it provides that a, before a school corporation or qualified school may provide or administer certain mental, social, emotional, or psychological students to a, services to a student, the school must provide the parent of the student or the student, if the student is an adult or a parent's made a minor, with a written request for consent prior to doing so. Oh, you mean so the parents have rights and, and an understanding of what's going on with their kid. And then, of course, it's a discussion of critical race theory. It's a discussion of the idea that the schools cannot engage in certain conversations or in certain types of teaching. Is that the best way to say that? Maybe uh, the best way to say it. It gives parents oversight of district curriculum by requiring districts to establish committees with parents on them, which would have some say in what is being taught. It would also close a loophole that protects schools and personnel from being prosecuted for distributing sexually explicit material to students. Democrats are opposed to this. Democrats are opposed to anything that would keep students from getting sexually explicit material in a classroom. I, I, look, I've I seen a lot of people yell and scream about uh, the, these, these books. And if you read the book that has the pornographic material in it, you get thrown out of a school board meeting. I think there's a legitimate question about why in the world that information is in there. Why it's in your school library. I didn't say it couldn't be in a library. Why is it in the school library? So this bill does a whole series of things, including eliminating the teaching of critical race theory. Democrats are extremely bothered by this. You've got uh, Eddie Melton out of Gary, Indiana, Senate Assistant Democratic Leader. Critical race theory is not being taught in Indiana. Continued efforts to make it a focus of topic are divisive and partisan, especially when there are so many matters in our education system that we could be having a productive discussion around. Well, I think it is extremely important to discuss bigotry being taught in schools. If the 1619 Project is taught in schools, if anti-racism is taught in schools, that needs to get discussed. It is extremely important. And I favor parents who want to be able to speak out against it. I'm also fine with parents speaking out for it. I would never limit their ability to do so. I just think they're wrong. But it is not a culture war to say we shouldn't allow these things in school. The teaching of oppressed oppressor, teaching some kids that they're guilty for their existence and some kids they'll never get ahead because of the color of their skin, it's, it's obscene. You've got uh, State Senator Shelley Yoder, Democrat out of Bloomington. Senate Bill 167 is nothing more than a partisan distraction tactic. Critical race theory isn't taught in Indiana's public schools. Then you have Senator J.D. Ford. Democrat, uh, saying, as Governor Holcomb and the Indiana Department of Education have said, critical race theory is not part of Indiana's academic standards. However, radical math was a part of the Indiana Department of Education, and radical math is about teaching bigotry and is about teaching things like critical race theory and mathematics. It was developed by a teacher out of Brooklyn who is now in Oakland who said as much and also said people who disagree with you should be uh, stood up against and engaged physically if necessary. This is part of the Indiana curriculum, or at least was. I don't know if it's still on the website. Radical math. Look it up. We've talked about it for years. So clearly, Governor Holcomb doesn't know what's happening in education. 
And clearly, neither does Senator J.D. Ford. They oppose this. Which, which, which part do you oppose? Do you oppose not teaching kids that they're victims? I don't think we should teach kids that they're victims. Do you favor this? You, you're okay with sexually explicit material in the classroom? Well, these kids need to learn and parents aren't doing it. No, no, no. Parents will gladly do it. Why do you feel the need to take away from the parents their rights to parent? That brings us to Senate Bill 63 by Senator J.D. Ford. Extends certain anti-discrimination education rights statutes to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. So when you take a look at the details of, of the bill, what you, what you see is that it's an amendment. It amends the Indiana Code concerning education. So it prohibits discrimination on the basis of, and you got disability on there, race, color, gender, national origin, religion, and ancestry, and it adds sexual orientation and gender identity. And I said, huh. Well, first things first. You are telling me that gay kids are being denied an education in Indiana? Where? Seriously, I want to know where so we can fix that. And, and if, if a teacher was doing this, has the teacher been fired? Have they been reassigned? I actually tweeted this to Senator J.D. Ford. But then I read a little deeper. A charter school is subject to all federal and state laws and constitutional provi- provisions that prohibit discrimination on the basis of, and it goes through that list, and he has added sexual orientation and gender identity. That's what he wants to add with his legislation. A charter school. Wait, do you mean a charter school or do you mean a private school? Do you mean a Christian school which engages a biblical uh, application, perhaps, uh, of, of, of teachings and uh, you oppose that? You disagree with that? Is this a conversation about not giving tax dollars to charter schools and private schools so they stay in the public schools because you don't believe that the money should follow the student, you believe the money should go to unions? We, we, I'm asking. I'm not saying I've got it right. I am asking the question. But gender identity? Are you making the argument, sir? This is what I asked. Because it seems to me that you're making the argument that the parent should not be involved. If you are making the claim that a school cannot discriminate based on gender identity, you're saying that a student can determine their gender. And this is a problem. This is a problem because a student cannot determine their gender. First, we should not be having kids buying into this idea of the multi-gendered world. That's nonsense. But let's say you disagree. How about this? Children can't make that decision. They're not capable. They're kids. And kids need to be protected more often than not from themselves. And the job of the parent is to protect the child. But this legislation would take away, as I see it, the parent's ability. And it would further allow the student to make some decision. And the school not only has to go with it, but they may encourage it. We have seen this happen in other places where Teachers and groups were set up and they said, oh, no, no, you're, 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 what you're saying is you're a girl. You're a girl. And encouraged a boy to decide that they were a girl. This has happened. 
Don't t- don't tell me it's somehow me making something up or me engaging in fear. It's happened. Men are not women and women are not men. If you want to know where I am on the subject, that's where I am on the subject. You know, with, with facts and science, men are not women and women are not men. And so we're clear, men cannot have babies. Can't do it, never have do it, never will be able to do it. End of list. Boys are not girls and girls are not boys. They may feel a certain way. I didn't say they couldn't feel a certain way. But the how it's dealt with is done by the parent, not by the school. So the idea that a charter school or any other school can't engage in discrimination on the basis of gender identity, well, sounds good. We shouldn't have discrimination. But what it is doing, it is codifying the idea that the child can make this decision and the child cannot make this decision at all. What is funny here is that the Democrats, the Indiana Democrats, who uh, their, their spokesperson has referred to me as a grifter, which I don't understand at all it's the weird it's the weirdest like producer ari you don't like any of these fights and i get that about you and i appreciate that but of all the things you could call me you 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 got the losers on twitter one guy calling me a pedophile because i don't believe children can make their own decisions about gender and i've got the spokesperson for the democratic party calling me a grifter what the hell is that yeah i mean like the pedophile one's pretty weird. Like, I guess you could do mental gymnastics if you want to make you into You could? I couldn't, but someone could. Well, sure, you know. Uh, according to theoretical physics, an elephant can dangle off of a cliff by a twig. People could say you're just a, you know, you're, you don't actually believe what you say. You're a grifter. And, like, you know, whatever. People Producer Ari, how long have you known me? Ah, uh, like four or five years. Do I believe what I say? <laughs> Pretty sure you do. There it is. We're all done. Thank you. For, thank you, Cleveland. Good night. Um, I mean, it's, it's the, 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 and, by, and and in both of those cases, they went directly to name calling. They don't address the subject that I'm addressing. Now we have actually invited uh, Senator JD Ford onto the show, and we invited Senator Scott Baldwin, the Republican who wrote the bill about critical race theory, onto the show. So hopefully they'll come onto the show. And we'll be able to share that with you. But what's interesting is that the Democrats are saying that the Republicans are only interested in culture wars. Now, I don't know what the Republicans are interested in. Let me talk about me. Damn straight. And I didn't come to fight it. I came to win. You think I'm turned off or somehow uh, taken aback by you yelling about culture wars? No. I'm here to win. I'm here to win and help build a better society where people can live their lives the way they see fit. But we're honest about it. You want to live your life as a woman, you go right ahead. You want me to use the right pronouns or the acceptable pronouns? No, 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 I don't play in your game. You chose your course. You don't get to choose it for me. Will I create laws uh, for you that force me to somehow accept what you, uh, what you do? No. Am I allowed to attack you for what you do? No. Do children get to make their own decision about gender? No. That's child abuse. I'm willing to fight in the streets. Do I want schools teaching kids that they're oppressed or that they're oppressors? Absolutely not. Do I want them teaching a full accounting of history, including slavery? Yes, I do. So there are ways for us to engage conversations. But to be opposed to the culture war? Nah. I'm here for it.
This is everything we've been discussing. Fighting to create a better society. One that is honest, one that is open, one that allows people to live their lives the way they see fit and doesn't force other people to accept it. You want to, you're a man, you want to live your life as a woman, you go right ahead. I'm not getting in your way. But don't tell me I have to call you a certain pronoun. And don't tell me I have to decorate a cake. Because the answer is no. And don't ever tell me that children have rights. Children need to be protected. Especially from those predators who think that somehow they can make their own decisions. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Man, it's just the feeling, man. As soon as I put that jersey on, I feel like I just get my powers. I don't know what it is. Every time I put that jersey on, man, just I just feel comfortable. And, you know, when you're playing in front of people that is happy for you to play and telling you, egging you on, and it just it makes the game more easier. Lance Stevenson, man, 30 points, 24 in the first half, 20 in the first quarter. Pacers lose to the Nets, but still. Born ready. Dude. How do you not love that dude? Oh, I mean, he's, he's, he's a very infectious personality, very fun to watch play. Uh, this, this is the guy that, that, that you want. Lance Stevenson, a 10-day contract with the Pacers, and just crushed it last night. Oh, man, this is home. I mean, I, know I still got my house here. Like, I never left here, so it's amazing to play here. You know, this is like playing in front of my family, so... So why is it only a 10-day contract? Uh, you know, he, Lance has been out of the league for two years, so you want to give him a 10-day contract, say how you do, and if he kills it, then you say, okay, you know, low risk, high reward instead of the other way around. It's the Pacers. What is their record? Like 2-900? and 900? Yeah, still, but you never know who's going to come out of the free agency market. You don't want to give a full contract to a guy who's been on the Hold couch. Hold on. I, look, I don't know everything, but I know some things, and the Pacers have a very hard time. In that free agency world, by the way, the record of the Pacers is 14 and 25. And just so we understand where they are in the, in the central, Cleveland's in third place at 21 and 17. Indiana is not the bottom of the bucket. That's, uh, that's Detroit. Chicago is 25 and 10, man. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They have, a, they have an eight game win streak going? Yeah, they've, uh, they've been hooping. Good Lord. Good Lord. Pacers on a six game losing streak. It's hard for the Pacers. It's hard for the 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 the, the not major market teams. So Lance wants to play. I think that should go a long way. Sign him. Give him the cash. This is Tony Katz today. So we discussed, you know, the the moves from Chuck Schumer to get rid of the filibuster. And with President Biden's speech today, it's it's all about voting rights. We have to ensure the, the right to vote. Have we asked ourselves what's really in the For the People Act? That's the thing that Democrats want to get done, taking voting rights away from the states and leaving it up to the federal government to decide. What happens... With those decisions, how do they play out? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is good to be with you earlier. 
Uh, on on my morning show, I spoke with John Lott, who does a, actually does a lot of work in in this world of gun rights. That's how he's known, president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. But he has been getting into and doing a lot of things with voter fraud. Uh, he was part of the U.S. Department of Justice's Office of Legal Policy at the end of the Trump administration. He studied uh, voter fraud issues. So earlier today, I, I wanted to break this down. What is it that we're looking at with this legislation that Democrats are so desperate for? How does it work and how does it affect us right here in Indiana? Listen. If you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? No! It'll be a doomsday for democracy if we do. That was Senator Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York, now the Senate Majority Leader, but that was him back in 2005, opposing changing the rules on the filibuster. Tony Katz, great to be with you. But now... To get past some voting rights legislation, he's fine with changing the filibuster rules and wants to desperately to keep Republicans away from him changing the rules that would affect how you and I vote right here in Indiana and how people vote across the country. So what is in this For the People Act? What is it that Chuck Schumer is trying to do? And does this save democracy or is it a full-on attack on states' rights and on you and me, the voter? John Lott joins me right now, L-O-T-T, Chief Data Analyst, the Election Integrity Division, uh, America First Policy Institute. He's also president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, John Lott has uh, spoken very often about firearms, firearms laws, restrictions, regulations, etc. But he has been doing a lot of work on these uh, pieces of legislation, writing uh, in Imprimus, which is part of Hillsdale College, is ensuring election integrity anti-democratic. And John, let's get through the basics here. The legislation that Chuck Schumer and the Democratic Party is in favor of, what does it actually do? Well, I mean, it's a very long piece of legislation, but among the changes that are there are, one, getting rid of uh, voter ID rules uh, uh, that will be replaced by simply the the person they're declaring who they are, and you're not going to be allowed to question them at that point. Uh, it's going to make uh, the pandemic's uh, mail-in ballot uh, rules uh, permanent. Uh, and there are lots of issues with that. Um, it's going to require that mailing out of blank absentee ballots en masse uh, would be a fixture in American politics. But the bill goes beyond that. For example, uh, right now the Federal Election Commission is a bipartisan commission. It would give one party control of it, whoever was president uh, would be able to have complete control over the rulings that they have. Uh, and it would set up uh, the federal government as the arbiter to uh, regulate uh, advertising, to determine whether or not the content of a particular ad is fair or not. So, I mean, uh, you could have lots of problems with that in terms of uh you know, if one party controls the apparatus to determine whether or not an ad that uh, another party is, is running is fair or not, they could ban uh, ads that they didn't think uh, helped their side. 
So let's break this down into a couple of component pieces. Talking to John Lott, the piece with the For the People Act, Democrats, not Republicans, are the real threat to democracy. That's uh, up at townhall.com. You go through a couple of pieces here, just like you did with us, and then you uh, back it up with the data. So when we talk about voter ID laws, which are not racist and not bigoted, I have pushed back on this many, uh, many times, nor is it a poll tax. I believe IDs should be given for free. You went about doing research about how other countries do this, and specifically you went to European nations about voter ID. What did you find? Well, uh, all 47 countries in Europe are going to be requiring uh, government-issued photo IDs for people to be able to go and vote. I mean, you've had 46 in, let's say, a half of the countries. It's been part of the UK that hasn't up until recently had uh, government-issued photo IDs, but now uh, they're changing their rules to be like the rest of uh, of, of Europe. Uh, it's not just that. You look at developed countries around the world, and virtually all developed countries around the world, you know, Canada and Mexico, for example, are, are neighbors, uh, also require government-issued photo IDs for people to go and vote. In fact, in Mexico, um, they also have IDs which contain somebody's thumbprint uh, so that not only do they check your picture, but they check your thumbprint to make sure you are who you claim you are before uh, you're allowed to vote. You also talk about these countries, 35 out of 47 European countries, for example, don't allow absentee voting for citizens living in the country, but you go about breaking down the history of the fraud that they have seen and experienced themselves. Right. Well, it's not just for the absentee ballots, but also for uh, IDs. Uh, You know, the amazing thing has been how you've had agreement across the political spectrum uh, in these other countries uh, that you need to have these basic rules to prevent vote fraud. Uh, You know, take something like uh, voter IDs uh, in in Northern Ireland. uh, Margaret Thatcher, in 1985, a conservative. Uh, instituted uh, the first uh, voter ID rules for Northern Ireland. Um, in 2002, uh, Tony Blair uh, was concerned that uh, some of the IDs that were allowed, even though there were government-issued IDs, uh, were able to be counterfeited. And so they uh, instituted new rules that made it so you could only use these tamper-resistant uh, government-issued IDs. The Blair government uh, has ended up declaring that about 11% of the voters in Northern Ireland were not real people. They were people that simply had these counterfeit IDs. Uh, and in fact, interesting, uh, years later, uh, kind of after the statute of limitations for prosecuting people had passed, some academics had interviewed the heads of uh, Sinn Féin, uh, a large political party in Northern Ireland. And uh, the leader basically bragged about how they had had massive print shops uh, set up there in order to go and create these uh, fake IDs for people, how uh, they would go and have an army of cab drivers that would go and take people from one polling place to another there so they could vote many times during the day. They even had 
safe houses set up where people could go and change their clothes and uh, other identity there uh, before they would go to different polls. Um, and uh, talked about how impossible it was, really, unless the person ended up going to the same polling place uh, multiple times uh, to go and catch people who are doing this. I mean, if I had a, a fake ID uh, and had used that ID in order to register uh, to vote, and I would go from one polling place to another, uh, how would you catch the person? Talking to, to John Lott, uh, Chief Data Analyst, Election Integrity Division, American First Policy Institute. He also worked in the Department of Justice, the Office of Legal Policy, uh, studying voter fraud issues at the end of the Trump administration. I've only got about 30 seconds before I let you go. This is what the Democrats want to get passed. This is what they want done and how they want to take away uh, the rights of the states to make decisions and leave it up to the federal government. What happens when the Republicans are in power? How do they answer the questions that they are now putting upon the American people. Well, look, if if this is discriminatory, if doing this is, is racist or suppressing the vote, then the whole rest of the world basically is racist in trying to suppress the vote. Uh, and yet you don't see this type of debate, these types of claims in other countries, whether it be France or Sweden. Uh, you know, if, if these are anti-democratic rules... Uh, does does Biden, do the Democrats want to go and claim that all of Europe is anti-democratic? Do they want to go and claim that Canada and Mexico are anti-democratic? You know, one of the things, you look at Mexico, they actually had an increase, a large increase in voter turnout after they instituted their government-issued ID and bans on absentee ballots. Uh, and the reason was simple. People had more faith in the ability for the elections to be accurate. John, uh, I got to I got to leave it there because I'm up against it. We're going to talk sure. more about this John uh, a lot. You can find him on Twitter at John a lot uh, from the Crime Prevention Research Center. The Bible tells us that we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. We shall know the truth. Oh, here is the God's truth about January 6, 2021. Close your eyes. Go back to that day. What do you see? Rioters rampaging, waving for the first time inside this Capitol. Confederate flag that symbolized the cause to destroy America, to rip us apart. Even during the Civil War, that never, ever happened. First, I have to read the Bible, and then I have to close my eyes and envision that. It's a weird speech, man. It's a weird, weird, weird speech from Joe Biden. Quote the Bible and then act with that much anger, and he was angry, my goodness. What did we not see? We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack, sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television and doing nothing for hours. 
as police are assaulted, lives at risk, the nation's capital under siege. This was part of President Biden's speech to the, to the nation about January 6th, where they, I mean, they're full court press in the, let's make this really, really important. I'm going to say it again. It was a riot. It was not an insurrection. And I disagree with friends on this. Dave Briggs and I, Briggs formerly of CNN, formerly of Fox, uh, NBC Sports, we had, we had a bit of back and forth that actually ended up with some texting. And I don't, I don't buy into the, uh, you either accept it was an insurrection or you're on the side of violence. Calm down. By the way, I said calm down and he was angry with me. He's like, don't tell me to calm down. Well, don't tell me that there's only this, you know, I, I'm either with you or somehow uh, I'm, a, I'm a terrorist. I think that's pretty messed up. But people are super hot on the subject. I, I, can, I get that. If you ask me, it wasn't an insurrection. If you ask me, it was a riot. But what I'm, what I'm most really, truly disgusted by, and I know I, I, was, I was a little bit hot about it earlier as well, I'm disgusted by the idea that somehow things happening in the Capitol are worse than what happened on the streets of Minneapolis or Indianapolis. Two people were killed in Indianapolis. I'm sorry, I'm disgusted by that. Businesses were destroyed in Minneapolis because of rioting. Where does America exist? It exists on the streets of Minneapolis. It exists on the streets of Indianapolis, in Seattle, and in Portland. But how does Biden and, and, and Kamala Harris, how do they phrase it? They phrase it as the hallowed halls of Congress. What? Why would you do such a thing? Kamala Harris. What the extremists who roamed these halls targeted was not only the lives of elected leaders. What they sought to degrade and destroy was not only a building, hallowed as it is. What they were assaulting were the institutions, the values, the ideals that generations of Americans have marched picketed and shed blood to establish and defend i i guess the military doesn't fit in there the hallowed halls of 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 only congress matter that is the way they played it out i i didn't write the speech because if i had uh written the speech I would have told Joe Biden that standing up for the rule of law and saying that we should be a nation of laws and not a nation of men is absolutely the right thing to say, and damn it, I'm down with that. He was so angry, so bitter, so divisive. Are people really going to sit there and believe this is the best speech he ever gave? Because that's what they were saying. Well, of course that's what they were saying or will say. Of course it is. It doesn't make it true. Biden did not help a single Democrat with his speech. He didn't help anybody for 2022. And he didn't bring anybody over. He didn't bring anybody 
over to his side. He didn't win a voter. He did not win anybody on Midwest Main Street. He did not win a soccer mom. He didn't win a moderate. What was the point? Well, I, I thought this was actually a good uh, take. Uh, that that somebody pointed out that the point here is to set the stage, right? You set the stage with this. So when if if let's say the election doesn't go uh, the leftist way in 2022, you could say, you see, they're just trying to steal the election, and we have to respond because they're terrorists. Can you imagine how ugly it is? That we have come to this place where we could think something like that and realize it's probably true? We are far more divided than I thought. And I don't see an end in sight yet. It's not that I don't see one. I think winning will help. But yeah, man, Biden was not a uniter today at all. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, tomorrow, everyone. Take care.